9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. So it's no secret that Chris Vendito, one of our co-hosts here at Go Plug Yourself, is a huge sports fan and tries to sort of quietly uh, sneak pro sports talk into this podcast as much as possible. This is exactly what happened this week, where we have Montreal writer Seth Galina on the show. Uh, If you have never heard of Seth Galina, clearly you don't follow football. Uh, Seth works for PFF, which is a uh, company that provides exclusive player data and game data, even directly to the NFL themselves, that you can even go to and, you know, weigh out all your fantasy options and your picks. This is like advanced math stats guru type stuff and uh, Seth is right at the forefront of it you can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Seth you can also check out his podcast uh, on He's the co-host of the Too High Podcast. You can also find wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, fun fact, he used to dabble in the Montreal kind of uh, comedy, sketch comedy scene. That's kind of how, through a roundabout way, uh, he ended up on the show. So this is a a great chat. Uh, Kind of goes all over the place, as it usually does. And there's a lot about football. So I know that appeals to a bunch of you. Um, And we kind of try to bunch it up towards the end. So if you get too deep and heavy into the football conversation, just stick it out. This is a really long episode. Uh, We basically do a full episode of Go Plug Yourself and then like a half episode of football talk with uh, Chris and Seth. So sit back and enjoy the show. Um, Go plug yourself and tell your friends about the show. Uh, Have fun. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. This is, uh, I'm not going to lie. When Chris uh, joined the show as a co-host, he told me that his plan was to slowly, like from the inside, tear the show apart and make it a uh, a sports talk radio show. <laughs> <laughs> so we Let's usually we, we talk about Montrealers with something to plug. He's like, "Let's get uh, you know uh, Campbell on from TSN. Let's get I think you did another sports guy." And you're slowly we did an entire episode about the Habs. You were like, "How about this episode? It's just you and me." Talking about the Habs. So if you've been paying attention the last two years, Chris's plan is slowly coming to fruition. Listen, I mean, what what the fuck? You have me on here talking to sandcastle builders, <laughs> and you expect me to be like, hey, Chris, what are your interests? And I'm like, you know, bro, I like obviously. sports a lot. Let me do some sports stuff every once in a while. And then we'll have the leader of the Greens on so that they could talk about them finishing fifth at NDG for the 10th year in a row, Keith. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I have Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus who happens to live in Montreal. And is and and friends with other co-hosts who are seriously not I'm here, kill, Lawrence Corbett. I'm Lawrence. <laughs> Uh, I, I'd like to point out first that I don't live in Montreal. Okay, I live in Westmount. So let's get wow. it straight before we Whoa. let's just call Whoa. a spade a spade. <laughs> Whoa, that's it's, a, it's that an election is, year, Seth. That's crazy. <laughs> that is actually the basis of a Bowser and Blue song, right? Like that's. Is it really? The, <laughs> yeah, uh, they have an entire yeah. song about living in Westmount and it yeah, just it's, not uh, being Montreal. Oh, it's not Montreal. Let me tell you. No, like I'm on, I'm on Sherbrooke, so I feel like I'm still connected to the city. Yeah, its biggest street, its longest street, or whatever it is. But if you go like in either direction, especially if I I go uh, north from my apartment, it's just 
it's like I, I I couldn't believe it. Like I don't I don't know about you guys, but I've never spent a lot of time in Westmount because like I don't like what, what what friends do I have in Westmount? What do no, I have to sure. do deep in Westmount? <laughs> and then it's like I saw so one when I moved here a few, like six months ago, and I went to um like you know explore the neighborhood, and I would go up the hill. I was like, am I still in Montreal? Like, it's okay. so surreal because you're, I mean, obviously Westmount is like connected to, it's a very close to downtown or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, I'm not in Montreal anymore, even though I you, know. You, go, you like, go two blocks up the hill and you're in like Mansion Town. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I, it's not just I Mansion Town. It's, 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 it's the type of mansions that like, what'd you do though? Like, how'd you get to this <laughs> and, point? And, and it's also like, and, and like to Seth's point, it's a mansion that is five minutes away from downtown Montreal. Like, like, you know, if you're like, oh, it's a mansion in like Bay Fay or whatever, you're like, I understand that. It's like an hour out from the city. There's land, there's space, there's whatever. Like, but there's like, no, I own a mansion that's basically in the heart of a major I mean, the, metropolitan yeah, the city. Yeah, the, the start of them are just next to apartment buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not particularly nice apartment buildings, just standard apartment buildings. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it gets obvi- obviously, and I mean, I guess like it, it makes sense from uh, just view and whatever vista perspective but it's like as you get up the mountain it gets better and better right like you're mm-hmm. like oh there's little baby mountains like a block or two mansions a block or two up from sherbrooke but then by the time you're like getting to uh what do you call it summit circle or whatever you're like oh these are huge summit like what summit circle nobody see i don't even know that and I yeah, live here. come on man. I live, I... The, the, the the loop that's at the top of west mount like when if you drive if you keep driving up you're inevitably going to end up on that little circle um, near, near the lookout i'm pretty sure it's called something i just i take it to get to the club the comedy club yeah i i used I take, to i take the, the it's like it's rich people alley it's yeah that's what, what we used to call you should it wave you. next time just honk i'll, I'll wave at you from my <laughs> <Seth>! <laughs> I just, I was, you just see me close the blind <laughs> sorry about that i, I used to go Montrealer. yeah <laughs> When I was learning the drive stick, I used to go in Westmount to practice up on the hills. Like on the top side. Why? Why would you do that? Did you not want to learn how to drive stick? <laughs> just like peeling out at every stop sign, just like <laughs> dropping the clutch real fast. That's it. <laughs> I once, uh, I once in in my high school, we had uh, auto shop. I went to John Rennie, and we had auto shop. It's not, it's gone now. But one year, I the vice principal's car was. Uh, was a manual. I had no idea what I was doing, but my teacher's like, Chris, move the car. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I just didn't know how to start the car. Do, do you guys it could have been like, worse, though. You could have, like, could have, like, popped the clutch and just, like, plowed it into a wall, and you're like, oh, shit. So I, I went to Lauren Hill, and mm. I feel like we didn't, didn't have... I thought it was like this for all of Quebec, but I, we definitely didn't have, like, auto fucking shop. Like, come... I've never heard of this in my life No, it's, it's a but very old... John Rennie okay. thing specifically. Well, I know, not specifically. Because that feels like so, an American, I feel like they have it in America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have like those type of like kind of uh, hands on type of uh, practical classes that I don't know if I really ever remember here. Did you guys have woodworking? Maybe things have changed. I don't know. But Did you guys have woodworking? I remember doing a project where we had to like build a bridge out of like the little pieces of wood. We had like a full-on woodworking. It was a public school. We had like a full-on woodworking shop. It was one of our options. Yeah, I think it, it has to do with, I'm sure, like era. And saw, and with saws and the sanders. Because yeah, because like I went to Rosemere High School, and I was I th- on the like slightly too young side to get all that. Like my brother was six years older than me, and he had that. But I mm. still remember like the remnants. Like I had like ITT, which was like basic. Did some basic. Yeah, I think I had ITT too. Building. 
but that was kind of connected to where the old auto shop classes were. So there were like two big garage bay doors. Mm. There was like a lift and stuff in there. And I was like, this yeah. is a full garage, yeah. not in use, but it was like, yeah, like, but six or seven years prior was like the end of it. Same thing too, like our home ec class, we didn't use any of it because we just learned garbage. But like the, the home ec class had like multiple like range kitchen stoves and all that stuff like in it. I don't think that's there anymore in high school. Like, I don't think you're going to be like, hey, bring this class in and like bake a cake in school. Or... I feel like that's not happening anymore. I could tell you I've been a long time since I've been in high school, but I feel like that's. I did a uh, I did a gra- last year myself and another comic were a grad class uh, COVID event, which just really sucks for the class. And you were the commencement speech? No, we did, we went to do a show in the school, and two classes were in the, the auditorium, which is like a 500 seat auditorium, and then the rest of the grade 11 class watched on like Zoom or something. It was just really, Sounds really great. sad. It was really sad. <laughs> it was all for everyone. It was just a sad thing. It was like February, anyways. Yeah, like all that shit's been closed. Like, but yeah. like, the public schooling is in this in this province, the public schooling, man, it's going away. It's going extracurriculars are going away sports programs at the public schools are going away it's all being driven to like specialty stuff especially with like the west island schools with sported tid and then like a, like a more higher academic thing but like all the other like arts basically forget about but we used to also at rhs we had the um the rosemere auditorium technicians also known as the rats but like we actually like we operated the sound and the light board and stuff like that for the auditorium had to like set up lights and everything. And that was like almost like a part time job because Rosemere would do like not school related. Rosemere would do events in the auditorium and like we would just be the light and sound techs getting paid like minimum wage or whatever the hell it was to do like light and sound tech like in the, in an auditorium. Then like there was a teacher that like taught us how to do all that and like operate a board and everything. Like I'm sure again. I'm sure yeah, that's but that was the 70s. Key. Like. I wasn't in high school in the 70s, sir. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I haven't seen a birth certificate, you know? Yeah. There was, oh, there was also the weird man. old every, sewing every week room. Every week you tell me you're older, you know? There was also the weird old sewing room. Yeah, too, but the, that had this, like... and this is just not a thing anymore. Yeah, for sure. Like, not. They just, it just not. Like, I remember, this is kind of related, kind of not actually, but Lauren Hill had a pool. And I feel like a lot of these old buildings, because when, when were all these schools built? For like, sure, the actual the buildings, 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, between 50 and 100 years ago, right? But, but you know what it is? I, I pretty much I guarantee it. It's because these these programs and stuff were designed that you'd get a job out of high school. Yeah, yeah. like like that would like yeah, learn auto shop in high school, and then you are, can like you know be a mechanic. No home more ec, education needed. Right, and that and that makes sense from like thinking about it from like this is still what happens in America because this is no one goes to college in America because you can't yeah. afford. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, Whereas here, we, you can you can go to CJEP and then you can go to university uh, for much cheaper than yeah than certainly across the border. Yeah, that's it. So I mean, yeah, but I'm sure, like I said, that's probably why there, that still happens in the states, but it happens less and less in Quebec because, like I said, you're not gonna if you're gonna learn like car mechanics, you're gonna go and take a stage or whatever and get out of there and take a a course at what do you call it, a Sal College or whatever. Like that's that's going to be the course of action, not learning it one hour a day. In between gym class and French, like you're like a hot take though. I mean, uh, high school is basically daycare now, as elementary school was daycare 20 years ago. And either when you get out of high school, you're either going into a trade, you're going into seizure right away in Quebec, or you'll be uh, an influencer. <laughs> I mean, in I, the I, influencer I, game. I saw a girl today from uh, Texas post um, a picture of herself near her dad's funeral. 
And that's when I knew near her dad, right next to her dad's uh, funeral box. There, uh, Keith. The coffin. Coffin. Funeral box. No, I think I think it's called the official term is funeral box. Funeral box. So you're saying you're saying kill. She posted. She posted like nine pictures next to the coffin of her dad. You saw the dad. Saw the dad's leg in the background. It's insane. Uh, Their dad's funeral. Was did her father die of COVID? Is it like no, I don't know. What the fuck? What are you? This is, is this an episode of Coffin Flop. <laughs> I don't know what show. to tell you. It's a great show. Keep falling apart. <laughs> we don't rig the coffin. <laughs> um, uh, man, I yeah. also love how um, that show. Speaking of, I think you should leave. That show has become like it's just it's like becoming like there's like NBA. Leagues, NBA Twitter handles now that are like talk NBA news in in the language of that show. I think there's NFL ones too. It's such a cult. There's a wrestling one. It's such a cult phenomenon that show, and it's really like sixty minutes of work, sixty minutes of screen time. It feels like you watch the. It's insane. Well, I'm I'm not super. This is a hot take. I'm not. It's not my favorite show I've ever watched, and I'm not like like. I I just wanted to like it more because everyone, all the people that I respect were like, this is the funniest show that's ever happened. And I didn't find it as the funniest show of all time. Did you feel like you were were dumb if you didn't find it the funniest show of all time? Because there was a little bit of moment there because I agree with you on that one. And like the comedy world, we instantly love everything that is different and counter and I, I feel like comedians mostly loved it because it was an XSNL comic that that wrote everything he did in the first place last time that he wrote it. He's you hilarious. Me. The shows are funny, but they've become like a cult thing. Yes. Which is very surprising considering it's like between this and Ted Lasso, it's like that's all we that's the internet speaking now. It's insane. Man, no, I think you should leave was the there's a there's a group chat made up predominantly of of comedians and myself. We talk about wrestling. And the first season, I was like, guys, I don't get it, whatever. And it was like I did the biggest heel yeah, turn on the Everybody was just like, you're – and especially, like, I'm the one who's not a comedian. <laughs> so they're like, well, you're not even professionally funny. So, like, you don't even understand. Wow. <laughs> like, it was I just, don't know you very well, but you're also unprofessionally not funny either. So There you yeah, go. There you fair go. enough. Uh, no, this is a, it's a pretty liquid group. Uh, a lot of – a lot of harsh realities people live in that group you know <laughs> and can't take everything personally and <laughs> oh, no, i i did it i was just like okay it's not for me and they were like that's because you're an idiot <laughs> so, no. like, yeah and so i my take Seth, i get what you're saying is the weird thing about i think you should leave is when i'm watching it i'm like eh, it's okay but like the premises and the sketches are funny that if you the more you the, think about them like coffin flop the yes. first time i saw it i was like all right like a couple chuckles but like as of like like the quotability and whatever, being like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, just like him just screaming and losing his mind. It's like, they're weird, like brain worms almost. Yeah, like, I thought each each concept, each sketch, for the most part, like 90% of them are, are brilliant ideas. And then I don't know if it was like as funny uh, when it came out in a sense. Like, mm. I really liked all the ideas. And then I was like, oh, it's not like I'm not like, laughing so hard at them. Yeah, no. I think a lot of it's on, on my mind. My take is a lot of it's just delivery. Like I'm not, I guess mm-hmm. that I'm not that uh, Tim Tim Robin Tim. Yeah, is that right. Like I watched I watched that show with my brother and his girlfriend, and and there was a lot of 
what was that? Like, what, what did he say? Which, <laughs> and not a lot of hearty laughs. It's definitely a show that's made for a specific type of person. So it's for, it goes, for it goes from zero to a hundred as quick as any show. And I think, and I think that's. And it leaves things unsaid like a lot too. Yes. Yes. It's like, what the fuck? Like there was that scene where they do the haunted horror tour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's swearing the whole time. He's talking dirty the whole time. Cause, and then at the end he goes back in his, I guess his grandmother's car. And it's kind of creepy. And it's like a weird vibe with the final scene as it implies that he's like with like a really heavily Christian family. And, and like, this was his escape. And it's like, what, what, what could we finish that? That's the same. This no. isn't a, it's a comedy show. Speaking of speaking of sketching, speaking of comedy, Seth, you before your I'm assuming your I'm guessing before your PFF career started, you were like in the sketch comedy scene in Montreal. How a was bit, that? How was that? And uh, what are your number one or let's say number two tips uh, to getting out of comedy and into a world of of getting like, fun and stuff? Because you know it's been a decade and I can't get out of it. I just can't wait. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I always got lucky that while I was doing comedy, I was still doing other stuff. <laughs> so I was coaching football in and around town. And so that gave me obviously a huge knowledge base, like coaching football. Like, And then I was able to um, parlay that into this job, though at the same time, like, I was also like doing what I think a lot of people do who are trying to do comedy, which is I was in the gig economy, right? I was like, yeah, freelance writing, doing all this type of stuff, and then I just got kind of got lucky that people that that um, people liked my writing enough that I got a full time gig out of it. Um, but I was doing noticed. that for what's that? That's how you got noticed initially, right? I'm get, it was by your was from your writing and then that led yeah to more opportunities writing being on twitter i will say that like like part of my i think for a lot of a lot of people probably listening it's, it's like this too but like i was doing a lot of awful awful facebook jokes you know facebook posts <laughs> that are like holy shit i go back i go on my memories now to delete now that i'm a now that i'm a minor internet celebrity i go on <laughs> i go on uh, i go on like my memories and they delete the cringe ones Hey man, you don't don't feel bad. I am even I am considerably less minor than you, and I I've done that like twice. And I found an old Twitter handle from like 2009 that I can't even get into. And thankfully, it's just Red Sox takes. And <laughs> you've read some of them on the show. Fuck I've read, Omar. I've, no, I've read some of them on the show, and it's and it's pat and it's like talking about pasta. It's like fuck, thank Christ, <laughs> thank Christ, and it has a picture of me at Fenway. It was it's really insane. That's the one you got to delete. That's that's problematic, right? That's at your... Fenway. The the monster. Fuck, eh? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's over. You can't even be seen at Fenway anymore, or else you're you're a racist, basically. There's a medium article coming out, so <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, um, so, like, I did I, I honestly like so that the Facebook stuff, writing these jokes that oh my god, fucking, I think about it now, and I'm like, like I was in my 20s, and I was like a male comedian in my 20s, and like I was writing about that stuff, that that stuff. And then like, um, but like that, that, that like you work on crafting a way to get your point across in 
in fewer characters as possible. And that lead eventually led to me doing it on Twitter. Mm. And then, you know, you can, you can, you pair that with my articles that I would post on there and, and it, and it worked out, I think. So that's kind of how I was it like the, the comedy stuff. And I did like some improv and I did some stand up, which was awful. Just, Oh my God. Just like, uh, fuck, it was bad. I mean, I never, I never gave it a chance to like refine the stand up, but holy shit, it was well, bad. Well, football was always your first love. I think that much is clear. Right. And again, so it's like, I could always, I could always go back to being like, and I could like tell myself like when it was bad in the, like when I wasn't funny, I could just tell myself like, ah, whatever, I'm a football coach. Like, come on. Like, huh, I don't <laughs> need, you know what I mean? Like, come on. I don't need this in my life. And then I'm like, I this that's... is just a, it's just a hobby. Like, it's not a big deal. But of course, it killed me inside. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the funny thing about comedy in general is that a lot of people come here because they failed at chasing other dreams first, and the fact that you like your football dreams are kind of coming, have kind of came true in a way that I don't think you expected. Maybe when you were a kid, but it's it's really still really cool because at the end of the day, anyone who makes it off this fucking island, basically in terms of like get, get in Montreal and not having to work a regular nine to five, I applaud. Because there are so many just ridiculous things you got to go through, especially about in this city compared to the province, compared to the rest of the country, that really to work in any form of entertainment, sports, sports journalism, whatever it is, you got to fucking be dedicated. You got to deal with a lot of shit. So I think maybe comedy hardens you on that front. <laughs> yeah, from from Montreal, Quebec, all the way to the bright lights of Cincinnati, Ohio. Which Dude, is where there's a comedy, yeah, there's a comedy, just a stand up festival in Cincinnati, in Cleveland every year and a lot of us are just dreaming of getting picked for a cleveland comedy festival and like what, what the that. fuck is cleveland compared to cincinnati you know well okay well you guys want to know about ohio because now yeah. i've been there a whole bunch of times <laughs> let's do it it's like baseball uh, hall of fame and that's all baseball. i know no football. the football hall of fame football. canton baseball hall of fame is like a three it's like three hours from here yeah in, it's uh, football i think baseball hall of fame is in um cooperstown new york cooperstown new york yeah so about Okay, the difference between Cincinnati and Cleveland. S- Cleveland, I believe, is kind of cool now in a cool in like a gentrified type of sense, um, where in the same way that kind of Detroit is, and because it, it's on the lake, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's like near Chicago, it's near yeah. Detroit, it's on one of the Great Lakes. So that's very different. It's north. Cincinnati is southern Ohio, and its border is literally. I mean, you can see it. It's like uh you can see kentucky from my hotel window when i go there mm-hmm. uh it's like the diff- it's like going over to longai or going over to to laval like it's mm-hmm. it's it's right over the water so that is like already like so cincinnati is like basically the south whereas cincinnati is still a rust belt that type of blue collar type of situation uh, so that is a huge difference. And so you see the difference in like Cincinnati is not a big city, uh, mid, mid, mid-tier city, 400,000 people, something like that, which I didn't realize because honestly, and, and Chris and, and Keith, as, as guys who kind of know sports, you're like, oh, the Bengals play there and oh, the Reds play there. Therefore, it's a big city. And it's like, uh, not really. No, yeah, no, not- but I'm also a political fiend. So I know how how small Cincinnati and Cleveland are in the grand I also think things. like yeah, but I was thinking size of cities always like blows my mind, right? Because I was like, I don't necessarily think of Montreal as the biggest city in the world, but that's because like 
the two city two cities that are really close to us are Toronto and New York. But you're like, oh no, but those are two of the biggest <laughs> the ones. Closest in North is Ottawa, by the way. <laughs> Get on. We're just not even counting them. <laughs> just skip right over it. Fuck no, but you, Ottawa. <laughs> So you're like, oh, okay. So most cities must be between the size of like Montreal, New York, yeah. Toronto, and you're like, oh, no, no, that's not true. Like as soon as even you travel in Canada and you get to Edmonton or Calgary, you're like, oh wait, yes, it. Like you can have real small cities, and then when you look at there's 50 states, and yeah, you have cities like Cincinnati or like Minneapolis or whatever, which are cities, but it's a couple hundred thousand people. But that's enough to probably get you a, some major sports team maybe two <laughs> you know like that's and then you go to the west coast in either country and it's like a different planet so doesn't yeah. make sense. vancouver I... doesn't make sense la doesn't make sense everything <laughs> in between doesn't make sense well see this is this is my issue when it comes to to regions <laughs> let's keep it broad uh so look <laughs> um do you remember okay so the canucks played the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final yeah. what, 10 years ago, I guess. Yeah. 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 2011. 20... 11. I remember thinking like everyone, and this happens every year. It happened with us uh, six months ago, but like, oh, well, the, a Canadian team is in the Stanley Cup final. Therefore, we have to root for the Canadian team. And I just this remember thinking, now, obviously, I will never root for the Boston Bruins. Obviously. Let me keep, let me get that out there before we get any close, any deeper here. <laughs> But let's say it was like the the Rangers. Like I don't really care about the Rangers or the Islanders. Like don't care about the Islanders. Yeah. Like I have, we have more in common here in Montreal regionally with Washington, with New York, with with Buffalo, with you know Boston in particular. Yeah. Then I do with Vancouver. Vancouver is a wholly different type of atmosphere, type of different culture. You know that West Coast is so different. So I was thinking, like, why, why, why? Like, just because there's an imaginary border there that I have to root for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, there's, also, the Vancouver there's also like Canucks. the the g like the geographical fact or whatever that like the distance from Montreal to Moscow is closer than the difference to Montreal to is that Vancouver. Real? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's Moscow or Saint Petersburg. There is no the Eastern, way that is possible. It is. It is. It's. I don't remember if it's Moscow or St. Petersburg, but the westernmost country, mo- the westernmost city in Russia, is closer than Vancouver is. Physically, no, no, yes, no, it's not. I like I, I'm gonna look this up. up, but it's I six hours. It's six. It is seven hours. Six hours to get to Italy. Yeah, yeah. That's it's six hours to Vancouver because you're flying against the wind, bro. <laughs> Distance wise, I'm not. That's it's facts. Well, where, you can't just say it's facts and not tell me where the facts are from. Hey, talk about football. I'll Google the distance. Well, right you fucking here. better, you fucking old fart. <laughs> um, you mentioned that PFS offices are in Cincinnati. Uh, what's it like working uh, for literally the website that kind of changed the way the sport is broadcasted, talked about every day? Um, I mean, PFF's affecting players' contracts now. What's it like working uh, for the house that Collinsworth built? I feel really good about myself when we get a running back cut from a football team. It really should. makes me feel, <laughs> should. feel very good. No, but you know, you know it's funny. That you... <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I should say that. Uh, but, yeah, no. no I, Derek I... Henry must drive you guys insane in the office. But, eh? but so – you know, I don't want to speak for everyone. I just speak for myself at the company. I love watching Derrick Henry. I love watching a running Same. game. I love watching all that stuff. I, I, I understand the value, but I, I do think that there's more than – it's very complicated. It's just like trying to divvy up value 
in any sport is going to be very complicated. Uh, football, um, with the with the amount of players on the field, it makes it even more complicated. I think there are ways to do it. I think PFF has a war system that's constantly um, being refined, and mm. I think it gets you closest. That's that's the, the whole thing with analytics. It's like you know, obviously, you, you're first of all, there's a misnomer with the word analytics. Everything is an analytic. Yeah. The goal in a hockey is an analytic. It's we put it on. We, we, we have analysts. analysts. You know, like. right? Like uh, it's. So like everything is, you know, plus minus is an analytic. We were talking about that before this show. It's an analytic. But I mean, I feel like analytics is a word much like narratives and and uh, woke have completely become misrepresented in today's culture by the Internet. It's like like it's almost like a derogatory term now for some people where if you even mention the numbers in a certain situation, you have a segment of like old school thinking of. Uh, Sports fans, but like more broadly, but generally, uh, specifically football fans, who just freak out, and you see it every week. I just don't get it. So, but before we get into the nerdy stuff, for in layman's terms, what what do you guys do at Pro Football Focus, and how have you kind of changed the game, basically? So, I, the, I, uh, at first, um, Pro Football Focus was really just a way to. Um, you know, so one of the problems with football is like one player gets a stat on each play, basically. Sometimes two, but one player. Like we're talking about an offense. Mm-hmm. A running back gets a handoff. He runs for eight yards. Derrick Henry, one rush, eight yards. There's 10 other players on the field. We don't know like who is doing well so that Derrick Henry can get eight yards. So I think so. football is like that and what – PFF and Neil Hornsby, who's the uh, the founder of PFF, started 15 years ago was basically, hey, and and football coaches have been doing this for forever. You're going to grade each player on each play. So a right guard who doesn't get, um, who there's no stat, there's never been a stat about a right guard or a left guard or a tackle or a center. Okay, if he makes a good block, we give him a positive value. If he makes a bad block, we give, you know, he misses his block and we give him a negative value. So that Which, speaking as a as a kid who played right guard growing up and interior defensive line, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, it's it's about time that we give due to the big men, and it's, this has happened because of PFF in the last I want to say half decade to a decade, where you guys are now. We we know it's not just trust me speak on on what certain things are. Right, and it's what, you've kind of knocked down the gatekeepers a bit in terms of how football is consumed by, by the average fan. I know that my favorite team was a dumpster fire for a decade and a half. Wait, and let then, me guess. Go ahead. Dumpster fire for a decade and a half. What 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 decade we're talking about? Like not. So in the last, so they won a Super Bowl and then they sucked for like fifth. They went to a Super Bowl a couple years after that, and then they sucked for like fifteen years. What's their present status? Are they still We're great. Survive? We're fucking amazing. It's so much Definitely. fun. No, the Rams. Uh, I'm a huge Rams uh, fan. I've been a Rams really? fan for... I was eight years old. I watched the greatest show on turf with my dad. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's like, this is crazy. The offense is amazing. And then they go back two years later. The team is arguably even better when you look at it now. That 14-2 and two team that lost to Brady that started it all, really... 
that that team, that game is such a sliding doors moment for the NFL because if the Rams do what they're supposed to do, maybe Tom Brady never becomes Tom Brady. Um, if they and- look, I I think that the to a certain degree, Tom Brady was always going to become Tom Brady because his skill would have just won out. Now I will say at the early the early years of that dynasty, like the first three, they were a run-heavy defense team and let Tom play action and stuff like that. Give him yeah, some easy that throws. First, the first year specifically. The yeah, Carolina and then, it became, and the then he won. became Tom Brady, and then it was, okay, I'm the best quarterback of all time or whatever. But, and maybe the team still happens, but that first – that that Yes, that, because that team, maybe the if they lose, yeah. if they lose, if he doesn't hit the field goal or they just get blown out that game, maybe Bledsoe is the starting quarterback to begin next season. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he takes a couple more years to different. get going. I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like the career of Drew Bledsoe made it pretty clear that he was eventually going to like drop the ball on his own because he was just like, he lost his job to Romo. Eventually, he lost his job to Brady. Like it was kind of the what he did. I wonder who the modern day Drew Bledsoe is. Is it Ryan Tannehill? But Tannehill's not losing his job ever. No, I know. That's a quarterback in the history of the football. Is it Kirk Cousins? Is he going to lose his job, or is people just going to keep giving him thirty-five a year? Well, so here, here's the, here's the issue with quarterback play right now. We're having a hard time when everyone was running like a version of the Bill Walsh offense, which we put we forced every quarterback to be Joe Montana for like twenty years. Yeah. Then you could then you could just be like, okay, this guy's good, this guy's bad, this guy's good, this guy's bad, because everyone's running the same stuff on offense. But now we're getting into this stuff where it's like, oh well, I can't really tell if Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill are good because they're offensive coordinators are doing so much heavy lifting schematically with them. Baker Mayfield is another one. Jared Goff is another one, et cetera. So it's like, we're, we're, we're assuming that these guys are, are good because their you know, traditional box score numbers are very good. And they're obviously their teams are winning a lot of games and they're going to the playoffs and stuff like that. And Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff are, went to the Super Bowl as starting quarterbacks, but we're, it's harder now because some teams are scheming up, easier offenses for the quarterback which we didn't have so it's like i i kind of agree with you in this way where skill talent wise Kirk cousins and Tannehill are like a drew bledsoe however we don't they they'll keep getting jobs yeah especially for the team they're playing with i don't like it's like i don't i don't follow football as much as i follow hockey but like one of the teams that i follow pretty closely is like the blackhawks and I was like, like even as a Blackhawks fan, when you're talking about like that that issue with the quarterbacks and whatever, where you're like, yeah, like the Blackhawks fans base convinced themselves that like Corey Crawford was an amazing mm-hmm. goalie, and you're like, no, actually, he's a like standard goaltender. Put him on the Blackhawks, and he looks like a starter because yeah. they get he can allow three or four goals, and they'll score five or six. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Corey Crawford is like considered to be like one of the top ten best goalies in the league, and I'm like, he's not. There's a lot of comparisons between quarterbacks and, and goalies. Yeah. I and think the Penguins kind of did it to Flurry too, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, this is, this it happened in Montreal with Halak and Price all those years ago where there was generally people. we should have kept Halak. Nah, they they should have kept Halak instead of Price, which made no sense. That's like keeping – what's a good – that's like keeping Jimmy G when you have Trey Lance, right? That's the yeah, same I thing that exactly. the, the, the Niners are going through right now. But I guess like my, my – what I was saying about the Rams was that Les Need really adopted this crazy new way of thinking, a crazy new old school way. Cause he did it the traditional way where you accumulate a bunch of picks 
And we literally only got Michael Brockers out of that deal. My guy from LSU, Michael Brockers. Love him. Hey, good, you know what? Good, good career. career. Great career. But Alec Ogletree's been a bum. Kayvon Austin's been a bum. Yeah. Fucking Greg Robinson was the biggest bum in the world. We, we passed on Khalil Mack for fucking Greg fucking Robinson. You know, and we... It's not the first time the Rams take a left tackle at two who's a crazy prospect. Remember Jason fucking Smith? That was a, he was a number two overall draft pick. I think, I think you say Orlando Pace. No, Orlando Pace was a great draft pick. Yeah, but, that's his great draft pick. And that's why the Rams at one point for a while – teams get into identities too, Seth, right? Where And this is a problem across all sports where, like, the Lakers need a big, big man, right? The Canadians need a big a, a goalie. The Steelers need linebackers. And I think that mentality really stalls certain franchises from ever really winning champion. I know it stalled here as the Canadians. Like last year was their best shot, Keith. But to put it in hockey terms, look at the team now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they were never – look, let's call a spade a spade here. They got hot, yeah. They got hot. It cured my depression watching the Canadians <laughs> playoff last year as we were, as we were exiting – "Quote unquote," exiting the pandemic, or not exiting the pandemic. I should say exiting the curfews that we had here. Yeah, 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 um, yeah exactly. Perfect right. time for that. Perfect time for summer in Montreal, and it was it was amazing. But they were never they were never going to be this good again. Toffoli was never going to be this good, especially even in the regular season. He was never going to do. Yeah. He was so good, man. Price hasn't never... been this good in four years. That yeah. he, as good as he was in the playoffs, yeah. Um, that that that's the that's one of the things that made me sad. It's just, I don't think we'll see, well, we won't see Price like this ever again. I would imagine, and right, it's too will. bad because he deserved a mm-hmm. Stanley Cup just based yeah. on like 12, 13, 14, 15. Where you you well, thought you, you saw the best that argument you've ever even seen. with Weber too, right? Like Web, like well, Weber's right. career probably ended. But if you take a look at Shea Weber, if you're like, is he one of the? I'm not even the 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 highest guy on Shea Weber, but it is like, if you're like, Oh, Shea Weber, you're like, he has a Norris, right? You're like, no, no, he doesn't. No Norris, mm. no cup, no nothing. And you're like, wait, the that guy had medals, that career and never, Anthony. yeah, exactly. That, that guy had that career and never had any real recognition. You're like, again, like I said, not my favorite defenseman in the league by a mile, even at his best, but yeah, that, that sucks. Cause like, and then, then we find out too, that he was like turning his legs into chopsticks in the playoffs, going round after round after round. And you're like, He's done. Yeah, exactly. He's, we're never going to see – like, we'll see Price play again, I think. I think. Yeah. But Weber's going to retire. Like, it's over. Like, we're never going to see Weber again. Yeah, Weber's gone the way Pronger went out, the way yeah. – uh, you know, who else there? Who was on the Leafs that signed that big contract and then went out? Uh, Nathan Horton. Yeah, him. Oh, all these guys that ended their career on IR, basically. It's, it's, it's a yeah, terrible right, way to leave. That's tough. That's tough. Because you know, I heard – Jumas said today that he's basically a scout now with Bergevin. Well, yeah, he, they were at the Kraken game last night. Uh, no, sorry, they were at the uh, Kraken game. They were at the Seahawks game last night. Like him, Weber, Caulfield. Well, yeah, because they're in town for Seattle. Like, yeah, somebody Seattle put it on Seattle, Twitter. Yeah. Shay's out with his kids. I thought it was fucking hilarious. But um. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's the other thing too. Is like, I especially I find in hockey the like the Habs fans eat it like a bad rap like it they're just sort of like 
I was like, people talk about the Habs fans the way we talk about the Leafs fans. I was like, I don't think any like self-respecting Habs fan was just sort of like, and we'll be first in the East this year. Like no one thought that. I don't That's, know, man. I kind like, of real, think there like people, a real properly know. understanding hockey. I was like, I didn't think we were going to drop five in a row by any stretch. But I was like, no, but you could see, you could, you could see, you could find the argument. You know, Christian Dvorak mm. is coming of a career season, bro. Yeah, coffee. Just well, I mean, like, 40... like that's, I think that that's like, like, like genuinely, I'm disappointed. Is a superstar, this... Suzuki's I'm a like, superstar. Yeah. It's coming. And I thought that, I like, I was like, yeah, this is a wild card team. <laughs> like, that's like they're not. They don't even look like a wild card team. No. But I think to me, tough I'll division. Also, go ahead, sir. You go from playing against a bad Calgary team, a bad Vancouver team, and and kind of just a an okay team. Winnipeg team. Yeah. And a bat, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now you're bringing in Boston, Florida, and Tampa into the division. Like, the, yeah. man, that's not easy. You're replacing those teams with, Tam- with Tampa, Florida, and Boston. Like, yeah, geez, yeah. it's going to be tough. And, and, the, and the rest of the league, right? Before like, we pivot right. off hockey, Keith, I'll just say this. It's really tough you know, as, a, as a modern sports fan to see a team say, we're going to bank everything around two guys that are under six foot and under 200 pounds. Yeah. In Caulfield and Suzuki. It's a, it's a risk. It's a fucking yeah. risk. I, to their to their credit, though, they like they threw in bigger guys like your Anderson and like your whatever. Like they didn't they didn't yeah, go like Smurf Squad good. like they did with Gomez and Gianta and Camilleri. Like <laughs> like like that was insane. Like you can have your one or two guys, and on top of and and again, this is like victim of their own success. Uh, Brendan Gallagher has been like one of the best players that the team has had and they're like yeah look a little guy with a lot of heart man look how much you can bring and i'm like yeah but he's like one in a million you know like i'm like don't Big think Bengals that's gonna repeat too <laughs> like, don't that think kid, every little guy is going to be that guy. Brandon Gallagher being a big Bengals fan just means he loves pain because like, not only does he have <laughs> I to. I didn't work, know that. Yeah, he's a huge Bengals fan. Like, I, if you follow him on uh, TikTok, which is, I know, a really lame thing for a grown man to say. Right. But right. we got to end the podcast after that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Gallagher's a beast on TikTok. I dabbled this summer in TikTok videos. I dabbled. The podcast knows. But uh, no, he's a big Bengals fan. Um, I just want to. I do want to get in some nerdy football stuff with you. So Keith, if you want to, like, I have I have my stat. So here's I messed ahead. up. The, I, I messed up the cities and the measurements, which is pretty classic on me. Yeah, but, so the, the whole premise of your argument, the whole so, thing. No, no, no. But, it's so a good Keith moment right here. Here it is. Drop the, out difference, the, the difference between Halifax and BC is only 200 kilometers less than the difference between Halifax and Russia. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, that's that it. makes a lot more sense. So yeah, that that was my messed up. Was like it was coast to coast versus coast to Russia. But I'm just saying. But to the like the point was Halifax has like in the same country has nothing to do with BC. Nothing to do with Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. no, I like, agree. Like and like that's and like I said, every European country is in between Halifax and Russia. So it's like it's Halifax has should have more in common with Barcelona. You know, like you're like, yeah, that it's much closer than BC. No, you wouldn't well, think like, that. That's and it works insane. the other way too, though. I would, I would say, I would say, New Yorkers or people from Boston or Boston is actually even people from Pennsylvania would have eh, maybe not all of Pennsylvania, but at least the eastern part have more in common with us than say they do with people from Missouri. Isn't Boston oh, the actual? Isn't Boston the actual sister city of Montreal? Like, in I think so. Montreal, Montreal, Boston is really similar. I mean, we're both corrupt cities, uh, immensely, <laughs> just immensely corrupt. Uh, different groups, you know, a lot, a lot of Irish ties in both cities. Yeah, you know, it's, it's up there. Yeah, 
I will say the one thing, like, so I think we're all in agreement about this regional thing here we're talking about. There is like a, there is some commonality being that we're us in Vancouver and Edmonton and Calgary, we're all Canadian and there's like a commonality between yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, the, yeah, the cash is the same. Color <laughs> cash is the same. <laughs> I mean, Calgary, Dude. Calgary's becoming a lot more like Texas than I think. When I go to the States and I show these people our money, it's unbelievable. Best. It's the best. They don't understand, man. They don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> I feel and I, I feel that Canada's been doubling down lately on making our money like as weird and different as possible. Like, it's like when I was a kid, exactly. First of all, they're like we started, they they the, the colors are were always different. Then they started printing it on like plastic, right? Like that weird plastic that it is now. It doesn't feel like American money. And now they have the vertical art. So like you could you like one side you hold it up and down instead of seeing it sideways, you're like just like every American, I feel like looks at the money and they're like, "It's crazy." Like, listen, not to be too stereotypical, but it's it's not easy to count as the old money was. You know what I'm saying, I will, I will say that plastic money though is people are like, "Why is the money plastic?" And I was like, "When you, you know, when it gets you drop it in snow, it's not ruined." Like that, like you just like you just wipe it down. <laughs> That's the reason we think. Are we sure on that? Or is I'm that not just sure. is that just another BC the fucking Montreal trip? Uh, <laughs> I, think I don't think like, I don't know if that's by design or not. Go, go I'm just saying I have out. dropped money in the snow and it just wipes right off. That's it's plastic, man. <laughs> I'm so happy. So if, happy if it's not recording. the, I don't know if it's an actual reason, but having done that, like, yeah, you drop American money in the snow and it's soggy in your pocket forever. Like, it's ruined. One of the things I hate about being in the States is having all those $1 bills. Also, $1 yeah, bills. Can, that's, that's yeah, people are like, oh, your, your coins full of pockets full of coins. I'm like, it's so better than my better. wallet being like, just crumples this disgusting $1 bills. Fuck off, America. <laughs> Uh, and it's just sad, right? When you're when you're because because when you're fishing through your pockets and you pull up a, a bill, and it's like a one fuck, <laughs> dude. I got this wad of cash and it's like eight dollars. It's eight dollars. Like, come on, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seth. Uh, let me ask you uh, some 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 nerdy Chris's nerdy football questions. New right. segment. Uh, we have a sponsor, Keith. I'm doing an ad Do read. Uh, it's a D three Vite. I'm kidding. We don't have fucking sponsors yet. Uh, we're pushing though. <laughs> Where are we? Are you making phone calls? No, there was a Heineken fake ad read that I did here for a while. I oh, used to do Stella Artois. Stella Artois one too. Good year, bad year on Chris's ad reads. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. um, what's the most offensive fan base in your mentions on a daily basis, and why is it the Steelers? Oh, Steelers! I haven't really gone into Steelers Twitter that off that much because I'm just like. I let everyone else talk about how useless Ben Roethlisberger is right okay, now. Okay. So I haven't really gone into it. And I think by the time I really started to dig into what's going on with the Steelers, it was like, the, everyone was like, yeah, no, we, we, we get it. For me, it's, it's two. Well, kind of two Buffalo. Yeah. Like it's not even close. And I get it because they have not had any success for, 20 years, 25 years, and then their quarterback who fucking sucked for two years, they're like, no, he's good, he's good, he's good. And then he became really good. So, like, I get it while they're trying to, like, be like, hey, actually, um, you were wrong. Not not this nicely, of course. Hey, actually, Seth, no. you were wrong. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Josh Allen is actually really good. And then the I other think- one is, is the Chargers issue because I said that – I said Justin Herbert can't play. 
And then I don't know if you know this, but he won the rookie of the year. Yeah, you, a lot, a lot of, but you know what? In fairness to you guys, because everyone wants to be, everyone's been saying this now, like, oh, Tua, Tua, Tua was an outwardly, pro, otherworldly prospect for three years. He had one of the greatest performances ever in the national championship game, coming off the bench, coming off the bench. Nobody had Herbert. I think there was one guy. There's a clip that goes around. It was Tannenbaum, who's been wrong on plenty of things. Uh, that he well, said that's, that's sports writer, like, what? sports writer 101, right? Is the like good takes never last, bad takes never die? No, like, but they come <laughs> after Seth and, and Seth's and the guys at Seth's, like not just place of business, but also there's there's other guys like Seth at other like companies now, and it's like they come after for that take. There's always been white males in sports writing, it's not, not a new thing, it's not a new thing, <laughs> it's not a new thing, but they. To, to harp on these bad takes as if they yeah. weren't good. I mean, the Herbert one when he came out, he that was that was the one where though everyone got that wrong. That has to. Yeah, be. I know, I know. I, I was just loudly, first. I was loudly wrong about it. Were you louder than Stephen Ruiz? Uh, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen is 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 louder than me in general. But I think I was louder yeah. about the I mean, my poor the my poor thing. boy Steve. I like Steven Ruiz, but like he was telling me two weeks ago that Geno Smith was a great quarterback. And it's like, buddy, it hasn't <laughs> he happened. Loved, he loves Geno Smith. I know. It's like, and I was like, I don't know. I don't really remember that much about Geno when he was like a starter. So I went on all these radio shows the past two weeks being like, hey, you know, uh, the Seahawks are going to win all their games with Geno Smith. He's a fucking good quarterback. And then look what happened. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna. I don't want to say that I didn't bet on both the Seahawks being the Steelers and the Saints in back to back weeks. But you're you know, close, I guess. They, they had the ball at the end both times. Two of the worst games of the year. This is another <laughs> oh thing. God. Also, Keith, you know the the power of the NFL is because the NHL has a lot of these terrible games where it's like you know, fucking who's really bad right now? Yeah. You know, Phoenix and, and Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix and Columbus. <laughs> And then aren't they even in the same – they're in the same division too, right? Like that's like eight games. Yeah, season. but the NFL is like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you Phoenix and Columbus in prime time. And you're going to – every fucking, single one of you is going to watch it. You're going <laughs> to fucking watch it in droves. And then and then the week after, we're going to oh, give what? you oh, what? Ottawa, Ottawa Detroit. On right oh, now? Fuck oh, yourself. Shit, you're watching football. Yeah. Like holy shit. <laughs> And it's true. I mean, I I, I use data at a show for uh, Bengals Jaguars on a Thursday night. Thursday night, and not even I didn't have fantasy. I didn't have much money on the game. I was just like, I kind of want to see Burrow Lawrence. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> it makes no sense. It's it's the sport has us hooked like nothing else. Um, do you hate anything in life like the Rams hate first round picks? Oof, uh, man. I I love the Rams actually. I know, thank um, God. I don't know what's going on. I love your I love your company. I have no idea why fucking Matt Stafford's right behind Jalen Hurts. It, I'm trying to be a smart guy, trying to be open minded, Seth. But what the fuck is that? I think I think Stafford's been one of the best top five, top ten quarterbacks in the league this year. He's wicked, and I, I do think one of the issues is, you know, a lot of a lot of the PFF passing grades are it's an it's it's a detailed like accuracy metric plus yeah. some other stuff around. He's not, he's and not I think Stafford's up. Stafford's been like a little off. But the thing is, it's like he's always throwing to the right receiver, and he's doing you know the sidearm stuff, the tight window stuff. So like they're, he's not getting like points for that stuff, 
but it's unbelievable quarterback play, like unreal quarterback play. The combination of him and McVay has been He's such a relief. And honestly, they should have beaten the Cardinals. They They should have. Thank you. They should have. He was off. And that that that's the Stafford, right? So some games he's going to be just off. Like he threw some like five yard speed out. I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you, the the amount of Bears fans and traditional media that have infiltrated our world. And they're so bitter about Matthew Stafford having success because they fucking suck in Chicago. They suck for years, too. They always laugh at Detroit. Well, what have they accomplished, really? The Rex Grossman Super Bowl. After that Cardinals game, people were talking about, oof, so they figured out the Rams. Sean McVay, I'm like, five years. This team no, no. is terrible. We no, haven't no, no, lost no, no, in five no, no. years. No losing record. I believe in this coach more than I believe in any of these pundits. I, I would say that the game plan against the Cardinals was perfect. Yeah. And he throws the interception when he really shouldn't have. He gets the open receiver and he underthrows. I mean, we he was just off. Game. He was just off. It's the one, we one, one game thing where he there was, was off. that one. There was at least two plays. Fourth and one fumble or whatever it was, or fumble, goal line fumble, goal line fumble. There was two goal lines. They don't get it on fourth down. Whatever. I don't know. There was two like big time explosives to cup down the seams where it's like, oh, we get this. We're easily going to score. And that, and then like the defense. The defense is better than people are giving them credit for though. You and mentioned Chicago, it, and it made I, me. I think. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna say it made it made me rem- just remember how shitty the Hawks are right now, and they just put Taves and Kane on the COVID list. I mean, Chicago sports in general right now, they're like people oh, are not talking. a good time to be a Chicago sports fan. Of the Bulls, but it's over. Like, Bulls look, you had your fun. You won three Stanley. They, they, Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups. In five yeah, years. but it, it, it they, they this always ends. It always ends, yeah. and it always ends rougher than you would have imagined. Yeah, I, I for Chicago, I feel bad for them though because it was like then like the Jones contract is so dumb. I don't think we have to feel bad for anything about the Chicago. No, Black no, no, Hawks no, no. Right no but I'm just saying, y'all, like, really the wrong time to be showing sympathy for that organization. Yeah. Um, about, okay, so it's, like it's, all it's that like without getting into any of that, <laughs> without without getting into any of what the organization did as a fan base, though, you're just sort of like watching your team make. Yeah, you're going to blow out and you're going to be happy about it because you won three Stanley Cups in five years. Like, I don't, that's fine. But then you're like, that was the last Stanley Cup was six years ago and there's zero pieces. Oh, like, no, fans have no more patience. My brother is an Eagles fan, huge Eagles fan. Keith knows this. Uh, he's got like flags, he's got multiple jerseys, he's been a fan all his life. And he was furious that the team traded Carson. My, my brother was a huge, my brother's, <laughs> him and Dan Orlowski, the last two Carson truthers in the world. <laughs> And he was telling me all year he was on strike, and then the Falcons game happens, and he's back, and then it's been uh, <laughs> no fans. Fans are year to year now. Like if you go on Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs Reddit boards right now, dude, they want everyone fired. Though. They want people fired, people traded. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. And then meanwhile, you have a team like Seattle, which hasn't really done shit since they won the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl a couple years later, but re- they've won three playoff games since then. Right, yeah, but at they least they it. are in the playoffs every year. Yeah, I know. I know you're probably anti-Seattle because of your Rams. Um, no, we've dominated allegiance. the Russ. It's thank God we've dominated the the Russ era because I don't think I could have handled that because the Legion of Boom was so painful to lose mm. to. But Dude. since Donald, since Donald, he's like Russell Wilson's kryptonite. We've dominated Seattle since Aaron Donald came. Look, out. I'm a Saints fan, and I know. I'm sorry. In Seattle, now they won the other night, which is good. They've actually won two straight now in Seattle. But like going to Seattle during that era was 
tough, man. They were, they, they <laughs> battled, man. And like, yeah, no, I would, you're watching were Drew Brees in that era throw for 400 yards a game and they cannot move the ball at all against that Seahawks defense. And then obviously a little before that time, you have the, the, the boom quake one, the beast quake one. Beast Quake run. So, yeah, it's been it's been rough going it's to Seattle. some pain. New Orleans. There's been some playoff moments there because I, I was saying sorry for a couple years ago when we won on maybe a questionable pass interference call that led to actual lawsuits being filed and a rule change that was the biggest farce in history of in the history of the league that kind of just got swept under the rug last year because of COVID. They I, got so lucky because of COVID. I know. I know. Where, where we did a – oh, Keith, we did a whole year – where we could review past interference, and then we were like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll never get over that. Look, so look. Saints had this this magical kind of rebirth in 2017 because the defense finally played well under, yeah. under Dennis Allen. Yeah. And they went, went, they finally went back to the playoffs. They had three straight seven and nine seasons with Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback, seven and nine each year for three years. And then 2017 happens. They lose the first two games of the year. It's like every other year. It's whatever. And then they find they trade Adrian Peterson. Remember, Adrian Peterson was yeah, a saint was a saint games. for a couple of weeks. Find the defense all of a sudden starts playing better. They find Alvin Kamara. They find uh, you know, and Breeze is kind of rejuvenated to a certain Mark Ingram. Degree. Mark Ingram is rejuvenated for the first time in a long time. What happens? Yes, uh, yes, exactly. Miracle. The offensive line is great again. Uh, it's just great. It's perfect. They the go walk-off touchdown. They, a walk-off touchdown in the playoffs happens. They lose. To See, a, and you would have beat the Eagles called, the week after, probably. Yeah, I know. I you you, you, you probably would have won. You could have won back-to-back Super Bowls. An I argument know. could be made. Talk about sliding doors. Just for Drew Brees' career, an argument could be made that either of those Super Bowls, they would have beat the Pats. Because the Rams in the Pats, if, if ever the Rams beat the Pats in the Super Bowl, I don't care. As long as Bill Belcher's coaching, we're losing. That's just – they shut down two of the greatest offense of all times, apparently yeah. 20 years apart. How the yeah. fuck does that happen? Um, but, yeah, for the Saints, man, that's – Yeah, uh, so you go Minneapolis Miracle. They had, they named a – they named a play. They named it after this play, the Minis- yeah. Minneapolis Miracle. The Case most devastating moment of my man. life up to that point in my life. Does it hurt more because it was Keenum that made the throw? Case Keenum to Diggs. Does it make? Does it hurt more than it was? It wasn't like it was Aaron Rodgers. It was Case fucking Keenum. He was ha- what a magical season that oh, Case Keenum insane. had for one year. He's still in the league because of that fucking game. I know. Uh, so they go from that, and then twenty, and then so that's twenty seventeen. Yeah. Twenty. The next year is they're the best team in the league, and the pass interference happens. The most shameful non-call in the history of football, period, any discussion. Don't say a, anything. A game full of non-calls, however. Stop it, stop it. A game full of non-calls. Hear. I'm not, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> they should have won the game yeah, that, on that play, basically, because that would have been it. Not enough time left. They would have kicked the field goal. They go to the Super Bowl. The year after, they played Minnesota in the first round. Uh, they should have They should have dominated Minnesota. The offensive line's does not play very well, and they go to overtime and lose on the last play of the game. So that's three straight years, three straight years in the playoffs that the Saints lost on the last play of the game. Two kicks, the Rams and the and the Minnesota in 2019, and then the Minneapolis Miracle last play of the game. And then devastating, devastating playoff losses three years. Yeah, ago. and then 2020, I never thought they really had a chance because Breeze was just not; he was just dead by that point. But they still go to the playoffs, they still win a playoff game, and then get Tampa Bay, their division rivals. 
and they're leading in the game. And, and Jared Cook fumbles. Yeah, they should have won that game. And then Jared Cook fumbles. Like, just dev- four straight years of devastating playoff losses. And uh, I don't think – I think that's near the top. That's Buffalo Bills' Super Bowl run. Level, Listen, I'll say opinion. this, though. I'll, I'm scared if they make the playoffs. I'm get healthy so in the second excited half. about this team right now. Yes, healthy in the second half with Thomas and some of the other defensive guys that are hurt. Uh, that's a scary team in the second half of the playoffs. The defense is playing lights sense. out right now. Demario yeah. Davis is fucking amazing. Marshall Lattimore is playing great. Marcus Williams. They just need to stop. They the O line was healthy finally against Seattle. They need to get Michael Thomas back because the receivers are ass. And uh, and I think they'll I think they'll be uh, they'll be a tough out uh, later in the season. So we answered one of my questions. I was going to bring up the years of playoff. <laughs> that was one question. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We're, we have two, I have two left. I'm sorry, Keith. I know. I know. I know. I, don't have me on for a month. It's fine. Um, next week, we have a fucking seamstress coming on. <laughs> it's just, it's just, It's just me, like, masking my voice. <laughs> uh, who's the one player or coach in the league you think would thrive in, uh, in the world of comedy? Could be sketch, stand-up, whatever. Oh. Ooh, wow, that's a good question. Uh, fuck, who's funny? I was Man. like, the only one I know, like, Marshawn Lynch was on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he was funny. No, Marshawn yeah, Lynch. I do yeah. think sometimes with with anyone, any athlete, is, as long, if they swear one time, we're like, oh, my God, this is the funniest person yeah. that's ever I will ever say, lived. The, uh, who was it? Was it Gronk and Lynch had a bit on Conan where they played oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat? And oh, yeah, I remember that. Marshawn Lynch's delivery of like one of the fatalities and he's like that girl blew so you let Marshawn Lynch a bubble like a bubble on that Manning cast. um uh, uh, i'll give you one seth i okay. think loki uh kyle shanahan i could see that i yeah, think I he's actually that. hilarious i think him and mcveigh are actually pretty funny behind it but shanahan purely because of that keith last year kyle shanahan was asked um at the draft uh, if he takes a quarterback, does that guarantee that Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a starting quarterback now, won't be on the team next year? And this is what he said in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I can't guarantee any of us are going to be alive on Sunday. <laughs> and it was the so craziest funny. answer to a pretty standard football question I've ever I've ever seen. And I'm like, I this is off season in March, so that's why no, it's like draft season. Nobody cared about it, but it was quite the. I think he's like low key, pretty funny. That, well, that was yeah. well, that, that's your that's your Gallagher argument too. Gallagher did a, I, th- I think it was a TikTok when they were going into the bubble, filming all of the Habs going into the bubble and into the like into the thing or whatever. But then he played the Hunger Games theme song over top of it, <laughs> and I just died. I was like, this is insane. I was like, we're making these people like go into go through this to play sports for us. <laughs> like everybody should be at home right now. We don't have any like vaccine or anything we're like go for it what we want hockey like all of those bubbles were insane and i would feel Seth, i had no they proposed the football bubble <laughs> people were like that's not gonna happen <laughs> they tried to do it in the cfl too yeah yeah and i'm happy the cfl's back this year yeah uh, but that was never gonna football's just too big of a team it's 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 too many it's guys tough. yeah it would have been tough basketballs you can you could go there yeah, 25, 25 people to a team in terms of staff yeah. and everything, and that's all you need. Football, you need 120. It doesn't make any sense. Basketball it it, like it would have been cool World. as hell. Hockey's like you're in Edmonton. 
Edmonton <laughs> really pushed for that too. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> um, last football nerd question: um, Are there any good teams in the AFC? Like contenders, uh, or are they just it's a murderer's row in the NFC? Yeah, NFC is tough right now. Like the question is like, are the Bengals real? There's a lot of issues like uh, mm. foundationally that might that may cause them to regress and lose some games. I still love them as an LSU fan. It, I've never seen this before in my life, and I, I don't go. I don't get to a lot of NFL games, um, but the amount of love that LSU people still have for Joe Burrow is absolutely it's insane. You yeah. can't like. There's no other. There's. I went to the Bengals Packers game that that was like the, you know the overtime one where like nine kicks were missed in a row. Yeah. And so what do you see in the stands? You see Bengals jerseys and the Packers traveled great no. traveling uh, um uh, fan base. So you said Packers jerseys and Bengals jerseys and LSU jerseys. And it's like that's it, you're not going you're not going to like watch uh uh the the Saints and you're seeing I don't know, uh, Florida State jerseys because of Winston or Florida State stuff because of Winston. No. You're not going to uh, you're not going to see the Rams back in the day and seeing uh, Cal jerseys because of golf. Like that, I, that, that doesn't happen. God, no. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. And then for there to be so many LSU, we, we, we I say that we as part of the LSU fan base, like we love this man. So I, I hope that Cincinnati is, is continues to be good and hit them and Chase are, are un, unstoppable. But there is some issues. The defense is actually very good, though. Uh, and then, yeah, like I think Baltimore bounces back. Tennessee, it's like, is there is there a ceiling on Tennessee where the defense maybe has been a little bit better this year but has been generally the past couple of years? Been I don't know. They, that Bills game, the defense, yeah, they got a fourth down stop. Buffalo was moving the ball. Horrible, it was, dude. It was moving the ball all night. Like, but it's like, okay, well, you added the the second piece. You added Julio Jones. Is that enough to take you over the hump in the playoffs? I'm not sure yet. And then, yeah, Los Angeles. Like everyone's hyped up about Herbert, who I actually love now. Even though I, I every, every time he get does me well, I get fucking tagged and something on Twitter. But like, I love him. Love watching him. But it's like he might not be ready quite yet. The Kansas City defense is too shitty. Period. End of discussion. They might not make. They might not make the playoffs, honestly. And that Chris leads Jones, us. Chris Jones coming back and what's in the in that corner. What that else? Team? What else? What else is they got? No good players, man. I think the issue in KC is I really they only have two options offensively. Slow. Yeah, they, McCole they, Hardman never worked out. He's for them. never they, popped. They don't have a running Robinson game. Hasn't popped. They took the wrong running back out of all of those running backs that you could have taken. Please, please, no, no slander of. Clyde, no, please. I like Clyde. I just <laughs> with the the way they build the team, like Clyde would work dominating Baltimore with a yeah, road yeah, grading yeah. offensive line. I think I like Clyde. I, so I, that that's as you bring up that that because they made this they, their tackles sucked in the Super Bowl. They clearly didn't feel like Mitchell Schwartz was still at the top of his game anymore, so they let him go. And then they trade for Orlando Brown, and Orlando Brown has been stinky. And it's very different blocking in that system for Patrick Mahomes than it is in that like that mauling run game stuff that they do in Baltimore, and it's it's been rough there. You would you would know more than I, but wouldn't isn't just as a football fan, and I, again, I like to think I'm a pretty smart football fan. Playing offensive line for Mahomes looks like the hardest job in the league. 
Just you know, the drop back depth is something. So he the angles that he gives you as a tackle aren't great. Yeah. Um, but with that said, like works out. <laughs> like it's no, you know, it, it works everything out, works so. out because he's 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 just that good. Yeah. But it look it, it, it's not as simple as like let's go grab you guys need to the, yes. the, I think it's the reason why the Rams are so good and every year like the media kind of the beat writers on the team kind of like are mystified that they don't they didn't draft O line last summer at all. They didn't draft any O line, but it's like yeah. The whole structure, they, they consider draft picks like a three-year project now. They don't consider these guys impact right away. They only draft for the They'll future. trade for an impact player. They don't, they don't have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah, but they develop for the future. They don't develop for yeah. this following season. So the offensive lineman this year is like, I think PFF has it like top seven, top eight. Yeah, th- that that's range. been a surprise for sure. The and fact that why. Andrew Whitworth can still be a legitimate starting player in the NFL Go is Tigers. crazy. <laughs> Dude, I saw this man play in the national championship game in 2003. In 2003. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, oh. And he's still playing in the NFL. Uh, where did you – I have a question for you, my Ooh. friend. Uh, you said you played right guard and IDL. Where? I played I played for Westmount when I was a West little Mount. kid. Uh, West Park. Excuse me, Westmount. Oh, West, West Park. West Park okay. football was just – I was on your head and Westmount was on my mind. And then <laughs> I uh, I tried out for the Lakeshore team a couple of years. I was, I'm really short. I'm like I'm a big boy, but I'm five six. I, uh, sports wasn't uh, sports wasn't going to be the thing. I have a bit about this. Like sports wasn't going to be the thing. If I was six four, maybe, but at five six, your options are limited when you're quote unquote a big man. Like there's not many centers that are five six, <laughs> and that's the only position on the line you can play. Like it's uh, I just love football to more than any other sport. I love football the most. It's been like my it's the most fun sport to watch. It's the easiest sport to digest. You can, you can have friends who are non-football fans come watch the game and they're invested. No other sports like that. Like we did hockey. 20, 20 minutes ago, you were being like, the NFL puts on the lamest shows in prime time. And I still watch. Yeah, I, I, so I won't good. go to mics. I'm like, I, find... I'm, I have nights where I have shows where it's like, if I'm not getting paid for stand-up tonight, I don't want to fucking go out. I want to watch the fucking Bengals I want to. I want to watch the the Seahawks play the Colts in a hailstorm. You know. So I'm a little biased. However, I think the best presentation of a sport on TV is Sunday Night Football. Oh, I mean, I I'm not even a football fan, and I'd agree. Like that's like the the theater. That nobody does the pageantry better than the NFL, and they understand the moment and. Like we're back in LA for the Super Bowl this year, and it's five of the biggest music icons in LA history yeah. that are gonna well, and Eminem. For some I mean, reason. it is also the richest <laughs> of the leagues, right? Like that's not a no, but like and you, I mean, George Carlin had a bit about football back in the day, obviously versus baseball. But it's like the, these stadiums are cathedrals. Like you look at the Ram, not just the Rams stadium, but Jer- the, the Cowboys stadium, uh, the the Colts stadium to like a degree. But like it's just it's a, it's a different sport. The NBA can never compete. There was a couple years there when everyone had head injuries in the NFL, and like the CT, the the, the Will Smith movie came out, and CTA, CTE became a thing people talked about for. And they suppressed the fuck out of it. Yeah, I know, yeah. and it's just like doesn't matter. Like none of this matters. Yeah, I think it does, though. I think that's like no, no, but like football fans were already in agreement. We know there's so much wrong with the business of football. Yeah. We still watch, and yeah. that's that's the drug. It's that shitty, you- but like you just. Like a lot of things in life, you just like deal with the morality later. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's but I mean, but that's all, but that's also pro sports, right? Like in general, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I remember I was like, like the the the, the, the Mont- 
hockey hockey allegory they're like as soon as they drafted like logan mayu everybody's like how could this team do that whatever it's really and, just a poor thing for a poor decision on on optics after a summer i, I think like, it's, like, saving it's your a bad job. optics decision but like uh <laughs> it's, it's like really sean, sean mcadoo though was just like he's like just just to be clear i think it was a bad decision i think it makes the team look bad but there's also 31 other teams that would have made that decision yeah like he's like like let's there's not i don't think there was 31 i think that maybe was 25 yeah <laughs> like, I, like that, I, I like, will say though, does it say a lot about society today that if they if the Canadians didn't take him in the first round and some team took him at 42 overall, that would because we I see that in football all the time, right, Seth? You see a guy first round talent fell to the third round because of character issues. But if in yeah, two the, years, the only th- the only thing with the with the Mayu thing was that he was literally like, "Don't draft me." Yeah, I know. Yeah. Drafted which I feel like was a ploy on his part to get drafted. But that's possibly that's very possible. Conspiracy, Chris. Well, I mean the the well, yeah, the whole the whole conspiracy thing is to Chris's point that apparently it like leaked or whatever that there were a bunch of teams like it was that were going to draft him on Saturday. Oh yeah, or, he or was Sunday. Gone. He was like, gone. It was like he was. He, they were like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna done." And like, and we were picking, or like the Habs were picking late in the first round on Friday, and then they were just like, "Well, screw the optics. We're just gonna get take it's, the best player available." It sucks. And like from a moral perspective, it sucks. Like I was like, "Yeah, I don't really like." Yeah, but everyone's still team. watching the Canadians this year, even though the yeah, exactly. But like, did their ratings dip? No. Like, no, did Ber- has Bergevin like? Is Bergevin's job in trouble? Well, sure, but not because of Logan Mayu. You know, like, you know, like, like that's like. <laughs> Like that's, that's, this is also one of the issues with, uh, you know, one of the issues with drafting in general is this idea like, oh my God, someone's going to take Logan Mayu. We have to take him first. And it's like, like no one knows anything about drafting. People get shit wrong all the time. Like you're the hubris that we have in in terms of drafting from GMs and stuff like that and scouts. It's crazy. And that's something that's universal across. Yeah, across. Well, I was actually, I, like, nobody knows how to get to it. Words, I had a question. Like, why, 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 Logan? You, you have all these character issues, all these problems, and you're like, oh my god, this player is going to be a superstar. I need to take him. Like, you don't like, like, come on, especially man. Like, at you 18, did not you need have no to idea. Take this man. No. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It, 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 it sucks. I was, but I was actually going to ask this is about like taking a look at uh, advanced statistics analytics so on and so forth and we're now in all sports we're getting all of this data and more data like if you think about like what drafting must have been like in the 70s and 80s we were like i saw that kid play once yeah <laughs> you, you know no, even like, the 70s 80s, the 90s and the early aughts well, like, but at least there was, was footage then right yeah. like yeah you know but like, that's what i'm saying like there, there was a whole stretch of pro sports where unless you were physically in the building watching a kid Dude, play there wasn't imagine- even of them Imagine the Europeans, the Russians, yeah. in like the, the 80s and 90s when they were starting to get drafted into yeah. the NHL. And it was like Fedorov or whoever. It was like, I, you're like, my guy in fucking Russia saw him play 10 times and he says he's the best player that's ever lived. It's like, yeah. right, well, I guess we're dating. But yeah, but then so I was going to say, but like, so not only did we not necessarily have the footage or even access to the data, there wasn't anybody like combing over it and analyzing it. So it's like, I think now we have access to the to the data. People are combing over it. <laughs> And I feel that the decision makers of the traditional, like, old dude who's like, ah, my hockey guts say this kid's got it and ignoring the numbers, they're going to fade out, right? Yeah, they're dying off. But that's across all businesses. There's a certain point in, like, 2040 or whatever where it's just going to, like, every selection is going to be math-based because we have the data on this kid since high school. I can't wait. I can't wait. 
till Seth Galina is leading the New Orleans Saints <laughs> against the Sean McVay-led Rams. And McVay will be in his 40s by yeah. then. But do you yeah, – so the, <laughs> the still question be, is, uh, is, do you think that will happen? Are you older though? than like, Sean? Or do you think that there's going to be like old school, my gut says, decision-making in sports forever? Here's the issue. I think we've tried to put – we've put so much resources in math and decision-making in the draft. And the only thing that's come out of it – it's not about what what's what's we find. And maybe we'll find it eventually, like how to pick the best player. The only thing that's come out of it is you need more balls. You need more lottery balls. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's come out of math in the draft. It will <laughs> for for the most part. The yeah. main thing that's come out of putting more math in the draft process is have more picks, take more yeah. picks. Yeah. Like that's that's it. Like just have again. It's a lottery. You, you so need just more put rounds. More, yeah, just put more balls in the lottery of your team, and hopefully you, you get one that's right. Like that's really the main thing is just have more picks. And if, you, if me, some guy is calling you to trade up, trade down with him. Just have more picks. Yeah. yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Seth, but like that's kind of been the whole model from my my beloved Rams is that if we're not going to be picking in the teens yeah. or the top of the draft, it becomes a crapshoot after like pick twenty. And yeah. pick Dude, twenty and pick, pick fifty-eight could be different 100%. on everybody's board. Dude, the, have you ever seen these graphs of like, and, and it happens in all these sports where um, it's like games played or whatever, or like you know some sort of estimated value war figure um, based on draft position, mm. and the, the 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 curve is so steep for every sport after ten, after pick ten, it is yeah. absolutely unbelievable. We just don't know after a certain amount. So the Rams have done a great job where it's like, hey, you know what? We're good enough that we're never going to be picking top five. Yeah. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, let's trade these picks for known quantities. Jalen, uh, Stafford, uh, whoever else they've taken over the, over, over the years. Like, well, you know what? Like Jalen well, this, this is also the Red Wings dynasty. It's yeah, a little, right? it's top it's heavy. Sta- it's top heavy. And I don't... As a fan, it doesn't make me nervous where I think maybe some older fans of the Rams are nervous about because I think worst case, we bought him out as a 500 team next year with Stafford. I think this year we're going to be pretty good. And then next year with Stafford, maybe we, worst case, if he gets injured, we could still probably win seven games. Like, And that's what, like low teens? Give yeah. me the chance of winning because like Jalen, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald – you just fill in the pieces around them, and you have a of functioning course. defense. And with the offensive guys that the Rams have, Matt Stafford's a clear upgrade over Cal Berkeley's finest, no matter what. Michael and then Silver you accident you accidentally luck yourself into players like John Johnson, mm-hmm. like Darius Williams, Jordan like, Fuller, like a, like a Andrew Whitworth who's who who plays till he's forty five. Um, Brian Allen, and, Brian and Allen, who's Woods, undrafted. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like that, uh, Austin Blythe. I don't know. Like, is he still there? I don't even fucking know. No, he's in KC now. We have he's another Austin Blythe. Its name is Brian Allen. Right. Similar game, Allen. similar story. Undrafted Allen. center yeah. beat all the draft picks at it. It's amazing. There you go. <laughs> what? So th- this issue plagued the Montreal Canadiens throughout my to- teens and twenties, which is the, they are always picking fifteenth in the draft. Yeah. Well, and th- this is, I was reading about that. They're exceedingly good at drafting. They just trade those players. Yeah, like if you, Timmons if, had a run where they were on fire. 
Yeah. Well, but no, but like, I, was, I was like reading an article or whatever where it's like, again, when you say like when you ignore the top 10, because you're like, that's not drafting. That's consensus picks. You're not yeah. like th- there's no scouting involved in your top 10. Craig picks. Button can make those picks for <laughs> Exactly. That's it. So it's like when you look outside of the top 10 or top 15 or whatever, the Montreal Canadiens have like produced more NHL players almost than any team. We trade them like idiots because we want instant gratification. But like the actual drafting process is pretty good. We just then trade those players before they have any kind of impact, and then they go on. Like they were showing it. It's like and not unlike, the and best, unlike, like one of the top teams, maybe has dropped recently. But like this, this article is dating back a couple of years. One of the top teams of drafting players, but then to appease the fans with instant gratification, we're you know sending our McDonough's <laughs> over to New York so that we can get Scott Gomez. Scotty Gomez, like you know. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev for Johnny Joying has to be all-time worst sports trade. And I like John Joying. He's a nice kid, but it's just – it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, but like I said, there's a version of the Habs that had that had in their prime McDonough and Subban on the blue line. Oh, That's yeah. that, that was doable, and those were draft picks, you know? But they were like, no. Me and Corbin were talking about this the other day. McDonough, Subban, Pacioretty, Price, all within a two-year time period they were drafted by the Canadians. Crazy, and they yeah, been, well, didn't they didn't do anything with that core of yeah. NHL players that they drafted within two years. They well, got, I blame uh, I blame two two people Bob Gainey and then Mark Bergevin. Well, uh, I was going to say Bergevin and Michel Terrier. Oh well, yeah, you're, you're you're well. I mean, it's a little bit before, but your Gauthier did not help situation. The McDonough trade set a, the team back a decade too. Yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah, that's that's uh, that was like a Jets level move. Yeah, no, the McDonald's, so like, I, I, yeah, the McDonald's trade is awful. That's bro. awful. It's awful. It's I don't even know what a sports equivalent is. Maybe the Thunder trading James Harden. But, like, Ryan McDonough has been one of the best 10 defensemen in the league every season so for playing, a man. decade. Yeah. For, for a Scott decade. Gomez. He's a Stanley Cup champion now, and you traded him for Scott fucking Gomez. I, don't know. I, I get it. I get I get that, that, I will say, is a high – is a probably – I'd have to go back and really there is a, There's actually – there was a good – uh, Dangle did a whole. In the like, moment, that trade sucked. Do you think so? In the moment, it See, wasn't I don't as know. insane. I don't know. So there's there's a couple things. Even Gomez statistically, was good. yeah. Even statistically, he hadn't dropped off yet. He was like projected to still put up a bunch of points. There was also the like the behind the scenes crap that apparently no one was picking up the phone. And then Gionta said, literally, like, get me a center, and they were like, hey, we got you the center that you won a Stanley Cup with. Yeah. I get you it. know, so now all of a sudden, Camilleri, and Camilleri said, put me on a line. And now all of a sudden you have like, hey, Scott Gomez and Brian Gionta, they won a couple couple years ago. And now Mike Camilleri signs. Like, so there was like pieces fell into place based on that trade. But it was still, even as yeah, it went down, I was may- like, that's rough. Maybe like, for Camilleri, no one was offering Brian Gionta the money that he got from the Montreal Canadiens. He said it as much that he was he, he went to Lula Morello, and Lula Morello's like, well, you got to take that contract. But I'm just saying, but that ties into the, the ownership. Like, the fans will refuse to have a team that, like, is not in, like, in the mix. So they want instant gratification, and they put together arguably the shittiest top line in the NHL. But at least it looked kind of like a top line because the for fans. One, and for be one able... magical playoff run, Michael Camilleri gave us a lot of joy. Oh yeah, that, and 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 it, and like I said again, in that short window, the the 2010, they looked really good that season. Uh, like that, here, the Smurf line looked good in 2010. <laughs> like my one thing is if. Like I would have taken Gomez, that whole thing being bad, but they 
they they they don't collapse against Philly mm. and they win and then they're terrible for ten years. Yeah. yeah. I, I I take that any day of the week. I'll take one. I'll take fucking one. Yeah. Any yeah, day yeah. of the week. Even if the even if the whole situation was, was the worst untenable. the worst part about that entire thing was that play style that shut down Washington and Pittsburgh probably would have shut down Chicago. Like so if they had gotten past Philly, it would have been an actual like they like, because Chicago looked, played a lot like Pittsburgh. Styles make fights, though, man. Like, no, for sure. I mean, and, and I, as soon as as soon as it was Philly, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, but I was like, but the if Saints, they had gotten... I was just talking about with the Saints and the Rams. The Saints would have probably beaten either team, but the Rams probably would have beaten the Chiefs if if it was Maho- if it was the Chiefs that won against the Pats because I would we would have won a shootout with a bad defense. We wouldn't have right, won right, right. Yes, exactly. We wouldn't have won against a team that's going to be like we're going to come up with a scheme to defend you. The Habs last year, maybe they don't beat the Islanders, but every Habs fan wanted the Islanders and not the, not the Lightning because they match up better with the Islanders. Yeah, my, my that would have been some boring play. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> my thing from 2010 was. Before this would have been the Stanley Cup final, I we could have got the Bruins that year, and the Bruins collapsed against Philly in yeah. their yeah, they quarterfinal. Were up. They were up, yeah. And that was me being like, "Oh my God, we're gonna we can beat Boston in the Eastern Conference final." And then obviously we we get killed by fucking RJ Umberger or whatever, Scotty Upnall, whatever the fuck it that was. That team, yeah, that team was a bunch of <laughs> fuck, man. It's a the, bunch the, of fucking the, goons. The worst, the worst part about it was again, like I said, I'm like. My, my second team is like are the Hawks. And like just watching Philly play, I was like, well, at least the Hawks are going to embarrass them. And like, and arguably did. Like, I was like, oh yeah, they're ripping apart the Habs. But I was like, this team can't do anything against the Blackhawks. And sure enough, they couldn't. You know, like it was, oh man, it was. Yeah, let's uh, let's game. do proper five questions. You want to real five questions? Yeah. Real five Seth, questions. you've been a champ, man. Thank you for sticking through us, uh, sticking through with us here. Uh, we do a, a regular segment where we ask five questions. To our guests. I didn't really answer any of your NFL questions. Yeah, you did. I yeah, hope you perfect. know that. This is this. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is like I went to Disney World today and I got to talk to somebody about football on a level that I want to talk about football. With. Again, Chris. Chris is. This is. He's gonna be using this tape as a uh, as like a, a proof of concept to a four hour block on some radio. <laughs> some radio. No, I've already somewhere. pitched my services to like the local radio. Yeah, no, and, but what are you talking about? Local? And, Get on Sirius or something. Like, let's go web radio. Like, you, why, we, why we are tried. You... Walter and I tried to get on serious for sports, for everything, pop culture, sports, a little bit of fighting between Chris and Walter. I mean, it's a great show. I don't know why <laughs> and nobody picks it up, but <laughs> white guys yelling at each other. No, one's Italian, one's half Italian. Wow, don't you see the diversity? <laughs> oh, how before we how am I it. supposed to apologize for being friends with the whitest guy in the world? Like, how am I? <laughs> he's my best friend, and he's the whitest person I know. I'm sorry. He's exclusively wearing jeans, jackets, <laughs> and jeans now. So we ask you three questions <laughs> uh, from the season. We ask you one question from our previous guest, and then we ask you to ask our next guest a question. You don't know who the guest is. Uh, so, number one, what do your thoughts sound like? Oh my god! I know it's really heavy hitting. That's a Lawrence Corber <laughs> question too. First of all, now that we're recording, I want to tell Lawrence that you're ducking me and you can go to hell. Oh, oh! <laughs> that's the fucking dropout video. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do my thoughts sound like? I man, that's a good. Do you question. like think like in math, like in a beautiful mind when you're watching football? It's like 
like equations coming at you? No, it's takes now. We all we all I, have takes. <laughs> when I watch any sport, because I have no patience and I have no follow through. When I watch any sport, the first like five, ten minutes or first quarter or first period, dude, I am on another level. Oh my god, they're doing this and the other team should do this, and then oh my god, because this is working and this isn't working. And then I just like zone out and I'm just like, ah, a goal. I like goals. So I don't know what that was. That's what that's what I that's what my thoughts sound like. That's great. That's like, hilarious. Keith question. I, I, I will say just for just to, to follow up on that, where I was like, I don't hockey, I feel it's the three periods is like absolutely the correct like it's just like it's well partitioned because like the first period you're all amped second period like go get a beer eat a snack whatever it's like that and then the third period it's down to the wire and i was like this is the like there's the correct timing like whereas in i find basketball you like only care about the fourth quarter like that's it like yeah, basically agreed, you're, like, but- you're like ah tune, tune in in the last half hour to watch the game basically sure counterpoint football is perfectly set up where it's the first half and then who gets the ball in the second half and then you know fourth quarter bring it home baby yeah you could you could win you could win though you could win or lose the game on the last two minutes and the first opening drive of the the third quarter last minutes of the first half opening drive of the third quarter and I, and, anyways question number two keith i I could go talk about football for four more hours i know you love it baby uh what was your favorite thing to eat as a child snack or meal like it does it's stuff that, well like... I, i'd say my my favorite meal to this day to this to this day very montreal answer about to happen right now i'm ready for it bagel now i i won't even i i don't need to even say saint Vieter or fairmont i love them both mm-hmm. so i don't really care you don't have They're to have a favorite. delicious no exactly look absolutely delicious we could, we could all live in an inclusive world for bagels in montreal only in much yeah. oh, only in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Don't, talk, well, don't talk to me about no non-Montreal. Don't get out of here with your New York, New York fucking bagels. bagels. I don't mean the, uh, that's, but that's the problem. You're if you're in Westmount on Sherbrooke though, then you you move there too late because Dad's bagels is gone. Right, that was yeah, always yeah. the dark horse was Dad's bagels, but it's still a great Montreal in bagel. Any case, bagel with what? What's your bagel? Bagel, yellow mustard, Hungarian salami. Period. Oh, end of discussion. Don't even like end the show now. It's over. it's over. Is there a preference on the bagel? Sesame, poppy? No, I could do either one. Either one. Because yeah. I, f- I like poppy on a sandwich. If you're making a sandwich of it, I like poppy seeds. So yeah, I like sesame on a sandwich. It's I prefer like sesame. I prefer with like a cream cheese or lox or whatever else. That's like sesame. When it's a sandwich, I like poppy. I don't know. A fucking Jehovah's Witness thing to say. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a take that you would get from Heisterman. Mr. Cottage fucking guy, Heisterman. <laughs> Poppy sees all exclusive. What's wrong with Sesame? I'm not saying plain. I'm just saying. I didn't say anything wrong with Sesame. I'm saying that, like, okay, you know what could get fucked, though? An all-dressed bagel. I mean, it's good It's all good right, spice. Uh... It's good spice, but as a standalone bagel, it's too much. Okay, so this is, this is oh, okay, wait a minute, because I have the opposite take. Oh, which is the, the all dressed bagel is great for uh, let me get that shit fresh. Yeah. Let me take it down St. Viator and fucking munch on that shit. Yeah, you okay. don't need nothing. However, you don't need condiments. You're not going to put it. What are you going to what are you going to make a sandwich out of an all dressed bagel? Are you crazy? Yeah. Get out of your mind. Yeah. What the hell, man? That's fair. <laughs> I like. See, I don't know. Maybe if, I'm I, a... speak, if I speak louder, then then uh, I, you, you, you back off the take, even though we're both right and we're both wrong at the same time. Oh, uh, that's my whole uh, that's my whole gimmick is just speak louder and make sure you're right. I'd be a great NFL commentator. Uh, <laughs> um, I will say though, maybe I'm too much of a traditionalist. I like the sesame man. 
warm out the bag sesame. Hundred percent in a sandwich with the sesame. I could do the other bagels, but like, what, what am I bringing to a guest? Like, as a, as some, if I'm coming to somebody's house, and they're like, Chris, bring the bagels. I'm bringing. Sesame. You bring sesame. Yeah. I think sesame lasts longer. So fresh, both fresh. I have no. I don't care. Both amazing. Mm. I think sesame lasts a little longer before it really stales out too much. Um, not like scientifically, I'm just like taste wise. I feel like it lasts a little longer. Yeah, you can get the fuck out. You get the fuck out of here with your plain bagels, though. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I'll say I that's don't like bullshit. like as much as I just said poppy like poppy for the sandwich and whatever else like that. I won't often buy poppy because then you're like, oh, there's poppy seeds on my counter forever, everywhere. <laughs> like, Quish, uh, Quish. <laughs> Keith, question number three. Question number three is, uh, what's the best or worst part about uh, growing up? Best and worst part about growing up. You want to just general? Just general, yeah. I, I mean, this is a little deeper, I guess, but like, I think the best part is the lack of responsibility that you have as a child. And that's why we always harken back to our days of yesteryear because we didn't like, we just, all we want as adults is not to have responsibility. Yeah. It's like the only thing we want is not to have responsibility for most of us. Most of us fucking lazy shits like me. Like, we just don't want to have responsibility anymore. So, like, yeah, I think that just not having responsibility. And I, I like, honestly, something that I take that I treasure now is playing. Like, we don't, you don't play as an adult anymore. So, like, I like, I, you know, I play in the, in the FPF, like, football league here. I play, you know, ball hockey and, and softball and stuff. I take that, I do, I try my best not to take that for granted anymore because it just doesn't happen. And the problem is you have to, like, you have to pay, like, 200 bucks to join these leagues just just so you get an organized playful experience whereas yeah. like you're like you know when you're a kid you just play you just play everything everyone just playing all the time you look at your you look at your window and you see your neighbor dragging the hockey net out and you're like well i got a stick and now i'm in a game Seth, like, and like, you know, yeah I'm, and like you can't that's man I, I that sucks i like playing i just like playing you know seth a couple of us we do a little bocce little bocce league going and the thing about bocce, bocce league little bocce little bocce little Thanks for the invite chris you know there's bocce court across the street i play literally i was playing like two no, three but times Kyle, a week Lemko, a, a friend of the show mm-hmm. Kyle okay. Lemko yeah, and yeah, I, we're, Lemko. we're discussing this next summer because we're getting yeah, Lemko's married to an italian right Shh, let me finish the point because i am Jesus sir Christ. yeah i know you're married to a fucking wall <laughs> i go over there she talks to me about fucking jars peppers and jars like i get it uh <laughs> i know i'm a walking stereotype here for for italian men but like what are you gonna do uh, we do a little bocce because we're getting older, and you were saying about playing, about reconnecting with people. Like we can't play pickup anymore. It's, basketball is a hard game to play, and you know, no matter our shapes, we're all fucking feeling it. That's why bocce is relaxed. It can still be mm. super competitive, almost too competitive. Seth, we'll send you the invite for next summer. Right. Little bocce uh, league. I, me and Tyler Lemko went to sleepaway camp together when we were twelve. What the fuck? Nobody fucking tells me <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him too. He's gonna catch a slap him too. Tyler and I yeah. did videos for Bodog last year. Yeah. Uh, for like, oh, for, yes. like little betting videos. They weren't thrilled with it. At, they liked it, but like yeah, nobody cares. And it's like, yeah, well, you guys have us tweeting it out there, not yourselves. But anyways, I'm gonna kill Tyler. I'm gonna kill Tyler. Um, him too, and Daniel Spinelli. Him too. I, I know Daniel. Daniel Spinelli. I know Daniel again. Someone I went to preschool with. Unbelievable. The betrayal by my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan Bingham, who uh, uh, former comic who is now real big deal at Ubisoft. Yes, that Ubisoft 
Have you Senior ever, writer on Far Cry 6. Insane. Wow. Just came out. Have you ever had a, a surgical procedure? If yes, best or worst moments of it? Such a, big, such a big question. I'm going to reveal. Sorry, okay. go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, for, for context, he was like, he just had major hip surgery and it was like, but he had like a local. So he was like conscious for it oh, the no. entire time. But he was like, I didn't feel anything. And he was like, the best moment of it was he was like, the amount of drugs that it took to get it. He was like, I've never been so high in my life. Like he was like, literally someone could have told me like, actually the recounts came in and Trump is president again. He'd been like, is what it is, man. Like he's like nothing. There would have been nothing that could have phased him. So that was his best. He was like, I was just incredibly high in a very safe environment surrounded by doctors like so that was his best moment i yeah i don't know best moment oh my god <laughs> you know if there's no best there's it's fine <laughs> well there's always there's always okay so i this is this sucks this fucking sucked i had a i don't even know how to pronounce it i had a cystoscopy cystoscopy okay that means i had a fucking thing up my dick oh no <laughs> and it sucked that's it. That had a, it sucked. <laughs> there's no best like, moment ever. There's no best moment to having a tube of your fucking dick. I mean, the moment it's gone, probably. No, no, because it's, it's no. still, still it, in a lot of pain. You, the, you then you it hurts when you pee for two days. Uh, I presume sucked. having a working dick afterwards is probably the best moment. Yeah, like I'm like yeah, everything's fine now. And like yeah. they, when they went in, I I started. I don't know what happened. I think I start. I got depressed and I started peeing a lot. Oh, and they no. couldn't figure it out, so they went in with a camera, and everything's good. Like I don't have like a tumor on my bladder or anything Thank like God, that. And, and fuck, that's oh my god, that sucked. Because they don't put they don't put you under. They just it's local anesthetic, and you just know well, fucking. Anyways, that's it. I, I can, yeah, I'm just like, like I, I think any male listener is having like a visceral reaction yeah. right now. To this Sad, story. you know, it's tough. It's it's a moment of <laughs> it's a moment of lev- it's a moment of hardship for sure on the podcast. I've had too many procedures to, to count. I, I, I've had a hip replacement surgery. I've had I tore my ACL, so fix that. I sliced my hand open. I was open mm. for that. I had elbow surgery. It's like a fucking real walking wounded career for again a guy who's five foot six. Uh, I got hurt so many times playing sports. It's, it's insane. Mm. I've been I've been very lucky. Um, I have a, a great body. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I just I just don't get injured. I it lo- it's it's amazing. I just don't get injured, and I play and I feel so bad for. Uh, especially like playing in like adult leagues, like these leagues that I was talking about. Um, yeah, these thirty-year-olds who are thirty, who are forty-five in body age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're and like you know, I've had friends who tore a friend of tours Achilles, a Ooh. couple ACLs tears, and it's like, man, I just feel so bad at this age um, to do. It. And I've and I've been so lucky. I just like don't get. I just never got an injury. Maybe uh, I don't exert myself enough. Maybe I just want the corners. And so we'll right share now. this. We'll share the podcast with medical marvel. Seth Galina from PFF. Great Body. Don't forget that. Great Body. Great Body. <laughs> great body. It's, a, it's actually like you should change your like your Twitter handle to like Seth Great Body Galena. Like that's it's just great. like that's uh, <laughs> as an aside, it's PFF underscore Seth, I believe. So follow follow Mr. Galena again. Montreal's own making it big and in the football commenting game, we're wrapping it up here with Seth. What uh, question do you want to ask our next? Yeah, guest? What, what, what's the question for Seth from the for the next guest? All right. Um, I gotta think about this for a second. Okay, so I'm saying something that happened to me recently. 
Um, it could be anything you want. Just like doesn't. Yeah. Wow. Um, very bad at this apparently. I always thought I would be good on. You know, I, I mentioned this I think before we started to record, but you guys know the James Lipton, you know, inside the actor's studio. Yeah. yeah. And then he does that that questionnaire at the end. That's it's not even his questionnaire, it's some like French guy's questionnaire. It's like, you know, what's your favorite sound? What's your what's the worst thing in the world or whatever? Like yeah. what do you whatever? And I always thought I'd be so good at that. And clearly, clearly I <laughs> wrong. So hold on, let me think about this. Um what do I want to ask your next guest? Could be like sports ish. No, I mean, like, not specific, but it's maybe about like, like a physical activity or like a competition. I'm just, I don't know, brainstorming for you. <laughs> Every one of our guests gets to this question. So I'm just filling the, the top one. You think? That's all. Yeah. What do I want to <laughs> ask? Oh no. What is? Oh man. Our, uh ask your guests. Because I noticed this about myself. Like, what are you in terms of uh, your sleeping experience? So, are you light sleeper? Are you just conk out and then nothing can bother you? Or do you need a fan? Do you need a little bit of light? Do you need extra darkness? Do you need what uh, kind of sleeper are you? What kind of yeah? Yeah, so I, you I know. Wrote, just I wrote. I wrote. How well do you sleep? And like, yes. what helps you sleep? Kind of. Yes, as like that's a, it. That's it. Such a, we better not book a comic as the next guest. <laughs> hey, you have the seamstress. <laughs> yes, I say seamstress. Listen, uh, you know Keith one one time had me up here with candle makers, and I'm like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? We didn't have candle makers. Who was it? No, it was the um, the jewelry, jewelry maker. The jewelry makers. Yeah, yeah I mean jewelry. That's what I'm saying. Could have been. You know what? I faked it like a motherfucker on that one. I faked through that podcast so good. Listen, um, every every podcast has a, just a, the same, and we have them too, does the same rotation of Montreal comics plugging themselves. We like to spice it up a little bit, go off the board, bring in candle makers. Oh, we're Seth Galena. Great body. Seth Galena. <laughs> Great body. Uh, I'll how do you sleep? And answer it. Come on. I'll answer we... it. Um, uh, how do I sleep? Uh, better now. Uh, used to be a big problem. Oh. It used to be a very hard thing, but thanks to uh, therapy and quitting smoking, actually. Mm. Uh, oh, cigarettes. congrats, buddy. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I wish I could smoke a pack a day for the rest of my life, but I can't. It's not good for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, quitting I smoking think. has definitely actually helped me sleep. I sleep like trash all the time. I'm a super, yeah. super, super light sleeper. Any like unusual noise or anything wakes me up. And on top of that, like I have really bad eyesight. Like I'm a minus 10, minus 10.5. So, like, the act of, like, assessing the situation in the room involves, like, full wakefulness to grab oh, glasses. Yeah. Cause, like, so I can't so just, like, good. open my eyes half a bit and be like, oh, there's nothing there. I have to be like, no, I need to, like, wake up completely, get glasses to scope anything out. So it's always, like, a return to full wakefulness. My wife uh, tosses and turns all the That's time. So my funny. dog sleeps on my head and kicks me in the head. Like, it's a small dog. It's I, a small dog, and and just like like I said, anything, anything, like not not exaggerating, waking up like five six times in the middle of the night is like a good rest. Like like I wake yeah. up all the time. I usually don't get more than an hour, an hour and a half, like in spurts. That's Smoke my like sleep. Weed, I tried melatonin. I tried weed. I've tried 
sleeping pills. Melatonin doesn't work. Melatonin is, is is a sham. And it's, I heard it's a sham. I, yeah. It's, it's I, 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 when I when I had trouble sleeping, I took melatonin and it did nothing for me except I fell asleep at four and then I would miss the alarm. Like, well, I mean, that's doing something. I think like there's there's yeah. ways to take melatonin. I feel you need to like. I, melatonin has helped a Nothing little bit, good. but you need to like take it earlier. Like you need to like take it kind of like yeah, at a nine that. or a nine thirty, and then also sort of like do something like read a book or whatever to let yourself. It's not like a it's not a sleeping pill. Like it's not a sleep like pop the sleeping pill get knocked out. But it, it does seem to calm a little bit. But yeah, but even even weed, I'll just like if I'll just sit there and especially I find on weed, I'll just get lost in my own thoughts and I'll just be like lying. Not and it won't be like unpleasant. Like I won't be like I'm not talking like paranoia or whatever, but I'll just be like, hey, I wonder what that guy's up to. You know, like like just like random like transportation of thoughts and whatever. Uh the one thing I do that works pretty good is um the white noise machines. White noise machines to kind of cut out the I thought you were gonna say like warm milk and honey. No. No, but just like yeah, like a like a steady rain, Mm. like a steady rainfall noise. I'll put it on with like a timer of like two, three hours, and that I think like it just blocks out the other noises that would wake me up Mm. (laughs) so it just like kind of creates like a blanket and then i you can also do the thing where you focus your brain on the noise so you're not thinking as much and that's uh i would i would say that was has been more effective than like sleep aid like pill or uh or otherwise but how are you sleep um, how do you sleep oh i'm a terrible sleeper i will say that uh unlike you i I have 20 20 vision so that's lucky I also bought a uh, I bought a sleep mask with headphones like built into the mask. Wow, that that's that's not bad. Problem is, it gets a little hot in the summertime. I had I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. In the wintertime, though, also on a plane, that's magic. Like you can just like you literally make like an isolation bubble around yourself, and you're like goodbye, and then you have your own space inside your head. Uh, Uh, I'm a light sleeper. I'm a light sleeper. That's it. Just light sleeper, and I wake up a lot because of this peeing issue that I have. Uh Well, fuck. At least yeah, we know yeah. it's not anything more serious than what it could. Yeah, you put a camera. In yeah, yeah. No, it, I just at this point, I'm just, it's just annoying more than anything. Well, you know what? Though you have a great body, and I think you have to. <laughs> twenty twenty vision. Great twenty twenty vision. Great body and uh, a bright future. Thanks a lot, Seth, for joining us. We Thank appreciate you, it, buddy. Uh, Chris, you have anything to plug just before we wrap it up? I'm at the nest. What's this coming out Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, this comes. I'm out at the, the nest. Uh, tomorrow, so that makes nothing. Uh, Classic Cleopatra Halloween spectacular this Saturday. Hey. Night flight. Uh, Walter J. Ling, Lawrence Korber, Tyler Lemko, uh, Leland Bearman Beckman, uh, myself, Mike Carosa, all of us are going to be there at Cafe Cleo. And then I'll be uh, I'll be other places the week after. I don't know. Check my website, christiangood.com. Do you have anything else to plug, Seth? Did you raise your hand? Was that? No, I was curious. Like uh, I haven't been around. So the you, everything's back to normal to a certain degree. No, it's the... crazy. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, shows are happening. Shows are happening. Yeah, shows are yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to normal, no. I think yeah. starting starting after November Halloween, they can, they we'll go to full capacity. capacity. Yeah. It's not even full capacity. No, it's, it's another percentage group. Yeah, exactly. It, you can go to full capacity as long as there's three feet between the tables. So okay. Basically, even more so than normal, there's no money in this right <laughs> uh, or very little. Let's be very little. There are there are people that are trying in terms of like restaurants and bars to get back on their feet, but you know they've been out of business for a long time, yeah, and they're the ones who hire us for the non club shit. So it's a struggle. It's going to be a long road. Go out, support local comedy, and support your local uh, journalists as well. There you go. Yeah, that's it.
Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.